Have you ever thought about how incredibly complex our spit is? It may only be 99% water, but just saliva isn't simple. That remaining 1% holds incredibly meaningful information that could change everything. And I'm not just talking about your family tree. Hi, I'm Baratunde Thurston, and on this season of Spit, an iHeartRadio podcast with 23andMe, we explore how DNA isn't just about ancestry. It can also be key to understanding your health. Hey, you, welcome back. For today's show, we've got all the 90s nostalgia you can handle. We're going back to the days of TGIF and hanging with the cast of the iconic sitcom, Boy Meets World. Danielle Fischel, Ryder Strong, Will Friedle, or as you might remember them, Topanga, Sean, and Eric, are the hosts of Pod Meets World, a podcast dedicated to revisiting the show one episode at a time. But today, the gang has taken a break from their rewatch to talk about their experience with 23andMe and what they learned from their health and ancestry reports. Danielle, Ryder, and Will are all blown away by the amount of information contained in their reports. And each one of them is walking away with steps to better themselves. It's almost like an episode of their old show. For Ryder, his DNA showed a likelihood of increased anxiety, something he's dealt with for some time. Seeing it actually show up in his report has inspired him to exercise more, a proven way to lower stress. For Danielle, it was learning she was at risk for type 2 diabetes. Having that information top of mind will make her think twice next time she's going for her beloved candy or her next fast food fix. And for Will, well, information about his ancestry has inspired him to ask his parents some more questions. Just like Topanga, Sean, and Eric, Danielle, Ryder, and Will are looking to learn from their experiences, better themselves, and grow as adults. Let's listen in and hear how 23andMe is helping them make that happen. to a special episode of Pod Meets World. This episode is brought to you by 23andMe, which you guys have heard us now over almost an entire season of Boy Meets World talking a lot about our background actors and how important they were to the feel of the show, to our set environment, how we were friends with a lot of them. I'm going to start right off by saying, spoiler alert, there is no Dusty in this episode. I'm really bummed about it. We have been on a on a worldwide search for Dusty Gould. And Our, no Simi Valley either. Yeah, and we haven't heard from Simi. By the way, that came up. Uh, you called her Simi to her face, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she knew her name was Simi. <laughs> well, yeah, it people... was it was the um, people thought that it was like a behind her back sort of thing. Oh my gosh, yeah, no. I mean, I think it was something a little mean about it at first, but then it just became that's the problem. We don't remember her name because we always called her Simi and she responded to it. Like, that's what we did. Um, It was just because it was the first week of the first season that we asked her where she was from. And she said, Simi Valley. And um, so we were just like, oh, my gosh, you're so you're a valley girl. We're calling you Simi. Um, But yeah, I would love to talk to her. And Dusty. We're still on a hunt, so you never know. But we are going to talk to a few of our other background actors today because it is very important for us and everyone to know your background. Speaking of which, 
I am coming to you today so sleep deprived. And I guess it's really come to my attention through my 23andMe results that I am less likely to be a deep sleeper. Me which too. are you? Isn't that what it said? Yes. I, I think it's I think so we're crazy that it can say this from your genes. Like, isn't it cool? It. By the way, another thing that I think is amazing is that it tells me I am most I am more likely to be photosensitive, which means I might sneeze when looking at the sun. And when I oh, tell yeah, you I, I have never once walked into the sun and not sneezed. Yeah. Really? Me neither. Me neither. I'm the exact same way, but I didn't see that. Where did it say that? It oh, actually yeah, no, it's in, your, in there too. It's in, it's in one, one of your house. There's health? so much to read. I don't like. I, I haven't know. like. I haven't explored all all the the the, the ins and outs of twenty. And that's and really that's the really cool thing is it that is. there are so many different reports, and some of them are just really fun. Like finding out you're more likely to be photosensitive. I'm also more likely to drink uh, ca- more caffeine than most, and that mm-hmm. checks right off. Right? You probably have that too. Mm-hmm. I'm less likely to drink caffeine than most, and I drink no caffeine. Well, I have no caffeine well. in my life whatsoever, and it says I'm less like, and I am not likely to be an especially deep sleeper. Yeah. I still don't get you. We were talking about Delta waves or something. Now, as yeah. I heard what you're explaining to me, Danielle, I'm a superhero. <laughs> did, did you did you explain it wrong? That's what, that's what your DNA came out. It, it said uh, superhuman. You have midichlorians or whatever it is. And you're a Jedi. It's, uh, yes. First of all, let's not. It's crap in on your the genes. Jedi. That's it's in my genes, though, that apparently due to my sleep patterns. I no, that's because of the underwear. That's because of the underwear. Right. That too. The underwear just makes me lucky. 23 and me is telling me I'm a wizard. Okay, hold on. Let's talk about Ancestry just really quick. Did you guys learn anything new or I, different oh man, than you I expected? Oh, yeah? I totally what? did. I so what, what, am... was, what was the story that your family told you and the reality of your ancestry? Well, no, it's not that my family told me something that w- was just, we just heard that we were Dutch and uh-huh. Irish and German, b- primarily. Right. Um, that's what I knew. And it com- came out that I am almost 20% Jewish. Nice. Wow. I am 19% Ashkenazi Jewish. Wow. And you didn't know that at no all? No idea whatsoever. And of course, then when I said that to my my parents, my dad was like, well, of course, my great-grandfather was Jew or something where we were like, right. well, well, why didn't anybody ever tell us about this? that? <laughs> yeah. No, you know, so that was completely, I'm, I'm, I'm 98.8% European and it's mostly Northwestern European. So British and Irish, what we thought, um, lots of Irish, lots of, lots of British, but 18.7% Ashkenazi Jewish. So no wow. no idea. No idea whatsoever. I was shocked. Ryder, did you learn anything in yours about specifically about health? Anything you're more likely to have or not have? Oh, yeah. It nailed really? me in three categories. It said I am most likely to I am mo- likely to have restless legs, restless mm. leg syndrome, which I have had all of my life and just had to deal with. More likely for increased anxiety, check, and severe acne, which you guys can remember from when I was on Boy Meets World. I had severe acne. Yeah. And so did my dad. I remember when I, when, you know, when I started breaking out during Boy Meets World, because I I, I got it a little bit later. I got it more like at 15, 14, 15, um, when I I had the really bad acne. So we haven't gotten to it on the show, but we'll, we'll start to be able to see the, the amount of makeup they had to cake on my face. Oh, it was the worst. It was the worst. And so, uh, but yeah, knowing so. this then about your your DNA makeup, mm-hmm. now that like 
is there something now you're going to change about your life? Will you talk to your doctor about restless leg syndrome? Is there anything no. or do you take anything for anxiety? Will you start? Yeah. Well, no, the anxiety thing is really interesting because um, I've I never really thought of myself as, a, as an anxious person, um, like especially when I was a kid, I was not an anxious kid. Um, but I do. I have noticed lately that like I need to exercise. Um, yeah, and no, it's that, hugely and, important for anxiety. Right. Hugely important. And what I realized is like if I don't like the only the the way I manage anxiety, and I put that in air quotes, would be to, like drink alcohol, and that's the worst thing you can do yeah. to manage anxiety. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially like during the pandemic, there were there was these these periods where like there would be. You know, you're not working. You're not taking your kids to school. Everybody's sitting at home. It would be like, well, why is the day over? Why is it? You know, how do we know the day's over? We have a glass of wine and that, you know, and we just got into the habit of like, oh, that's just it's five o'clock time to drink. Um, so I definitely think that like being able to recognize that there's an, a genetic component to like the feelings I have of anxiety and that it might just be part of my body makes me remember to just move my body to deal with it yeah. in terms of my body, as opposed to thinking like, oh, there's something wrong. I need to like, uh, change, you know, the way I think, or no, it's just part of my body is that yeah. I get these yeah. feelings that other people might not have, you know, that, that, and yeah. I don't need to associate it with like necessarily things I'm um, I'm, I've done wrong or, you know, I just don't want to, I just don't, I, I basically, it allows me to contextualize my anxiety and yeah. recognize it as like a mostly physical thing, like something that is like, you know, I'm yeah. born with and that I just have to contend with. And it's, and it, you know, I just have to find healthy ways to contend with it. Well, I mean, you know um, that so, yeah. I, my, I'm anxiety boy and I was hit with it yeah. very bad during, during Boy Meets World, like very bad right. during Boy Meets World. And you'll see during the episodes, uh, you know, the seasons where I come back and I'm really heavy and it's because I was medicated to even right. record. And the, the things I always tell people now that I've been dealing with it for so long is the three most important things for me that help more than anything are talking about it, diet and exercise and getting off of social media. And the right. first two people are like, I can easily do that. And then it's like, well, I'm not going to get off of social media. I need it for work. Well, what do you do? I work at a bank. Okay, you don't need your social media. You're just addicted to it. But it's right. it's those three things where moving your body, exactly what you're saying, is just so, so unbelievably important. And it is. It's all genetic. I mean, I found out other people in my family down the line. They might not have called it that at the time. They might have said, you know, in the 50s, they had spells or whatever, because they didn't know how to right. how to diagnose it. But that's all right. that it was, was it is it's genetic anxiety. And, and right. th but that's one of the things about the 23 and me that was so amazing is those little markers. For instance, the, the, uh, it says when I looked at the thing, your average wake up time, judging by your genetics is 748 a.m. And that's like almost exactly every morning when I roll out of bed. Whoa, I didn't literally, see that. Literally almost exactly every morning, Susan gets up before me because she's got early clients. I doze in bed. And by about 740 to 750, I'm up and out. Wow. And when so when this thing comes out and it says it's 748 a.m., I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. How is that even possible? So, yeah, some of yeah. these things are some of them. I got to say it says that I'm not predisposed to being afraid of heights and I'm hugely afraid of heights. Mm. Um, <laughs> but that could also be the anxiety part. But right. there are certain things that this, you know, the muscle. Here's the other thing where it made me feel like, yes, I am, in fact, magic. 
um, is it says my muscle composition is common in elite power athletes. Same with mine. Superman. I'm, Thank you. you I'm, guys a, are, I'm a stallion. Awesome. Yeah. Me too. That's Me too. Awesome. I'm also though, uh, this is not such a positive thing. I am also more likely to have to develop type two diabetes. Oh. And Ooh, as yeah. you guys know, I love my sweets. I love yeah. my fast food. And yeah. so the good news is I have generally my upbringing was that of like very healthy eating and exercising. So I really try to enjoy those things like sweets and fast food in some sort of moderation. But it is really good for me to know that um, as I age, because it's I think it literally says like from the time you're 41, which is my exact age up until the time I'm 80, I am like 54 percent likely. So like, really, it's a worse than a 50 50 chance. Yeah. Wow. And so yeah. it's good for me Jeez. to know those things, because that's something I can stay on top of with my doctor now. Like, let me yeah. get yeah. regular screenings. Let me stay on top yeah. of that. Let me make sure I'm watching my diet and that I'm exercising because maintaining a healthy weight is yeah. one way to help prevent that from happening. So, I mean, I'm actually really excited that I know that because now yeah, I- the last time Ryder and I were at your house for a party, there was literally, and I'm using that word correctly, a board that had donuts hanging all off of it. And the second yeah. you'd grab a donut, it would reappear as if by magic. So <laughs> I do love donuts. You are a donut fan. That's just called Sundays and around here. Diner food. But you're a big <laughs> diner food fan too, I aren't sure you? Am. At least I'm, it's Sundays and not every day. Yeah, it's That's just true. Sundays. Yeah. No, I uh, I do. I love salty. I love sweet. I love fried. Um, I just like that kind of food. So do you prefer I, salty or sweet? That that was the other thing the app told me is that is that I prefer salty over sweet, which is absolutely correct. Mm. So it does hit and it told me this is where the history kind of buff in me loves. It told me that I have 55% that I have uh, more Neanderthal DNA than most of the other people. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes. We're Danielle. elite power athlete Neanderthals. Magical uh, beings who that are don't need sleeping. very sleep. Yes. <laughs> this is the coolest app in the world. I'm waiting for my laser vision, which will come. Um, but yeah, this it, it, I was... I'm so I, amazed by how detailed it gets. I do want to show you guys my ancestry makeup because um, look at how almost exactly 50% of one thing I am. Wow, you what? really are. Yeah, that is my uh, that is my um, my Maltese side. That is my that's Southern me. European side. That's oh, me wow, right there. Oh, wow, look at you. Yeah, that's me right there. So I'm all, I'm kind of all over the place. Yeah, I am 49.5% Southern European and 50.5% Northwestern European. That's what I'm north. Uh, I'm 62.8% Northwestern European. Wow. Which is yeah, which is interesting, I'm, but I'm also it's like 8% Italian. Which I had no idea there was Italian anywhere in my family line. Like no idea whatsoever that we're partially italian so it's really really cool kind of getting these breakdowns but the the yeah. the other things where it's just talking about like whether you're lactose intolerant or not your make your wake up time you know whether you like cilantro like all those kind yeah. of things the breakdown is is really neat i know it is really fun well, continuing to get to know our background, let us bring in our very first background guest. This is so cool. Uh, <laughs> So to give you a little background about background, <laughs> background. actors, 
The act, the background actor definition is someone who performs in a non-speaking role, usually in the background of a scene. They help make movies, TV shows, and other productions look and feel more authentic. And so hospitals, concerts, city streets would be completely empty if not for hiring background school actors. Cafeterias. Yeah, Always. School cafeterias. Yeah, school cafeterias. Classrooms. <laughs> so let us welcome our first background actor, Jeannie Torres. Hi guys! Hi! It's so good to see your faces again. (laughs) I know, this is so fun. Uh, How did you become a background actor and how old were you? I was, I think I was 18 and it was uh, my first year of community college and I was still trying to figure out what to do. I was creative. Um, I kind of liked filmmaking, editing, things like that. Maybe I wanted to be an actor, but I felt a little shy to be on stage. So I remember talking to my dad and he had said, hey, why don't you sign up to be a background actor? You know, they can be on set. You can see everything that they do. And I thought, okay, that's a good idea. So I went down to the casting agency, you know, paid the little fee that you pay, take your picture, get all your information, sign up. And uh, that's how I started. And so it's, I don't know if you guys want me to tell you about how that whole process goes. I don't know if you already know about it. Okay. Okay. So the way they did it, at least back in the nineties was that you called a hotline and you listened for something that maybe you fit. So for me, and I swear it's like the only time we're looking young, like really paid off. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'd always um, look for 18 to look younger shows, which of course, Boy Meets World was one of those shows. And so you listen to a recording. If you felt like you fit that, you know, that type of those specs that they're looking for, you call the number and then uh, you gave them your social security number. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Your mother's credit card, your bank codes. Everything, yeah. (laughs) Apparently like it was no big deal back then. So you gave them your uh, social security number. That's actually how, how they had you filed. And they looked you up and they thought, yeah, you fit good. You're working tomorrow. Here's your call time. Bring, you know, three sets of clothes. There, That's where you're going. And that's it. And then just grab my stuff, hop in the car next morning. And then I'm on my way. That's amazing. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at a great picture of the two of us together right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm looking at an awesome picture of the two of us right now. It's on, on set. That's so cool. That is cool. Where Sorry. were you living? What was the what was the commute like then from where you were living to oh where we were gosh. shooting? So I would never do this commute nowadays, but I was in South Orange County. I was down in Mission oh, Viejo. Wow. Jeez, <gasps> okay. And I remember call times being about 7.30 for us. In and the morning. Would, in the morning. And I would leave my house at six and that was fine. Ooh. Like I could get to the KTLA studios by 6.55. Wow. And... That was okay back then. It is not okay. Yeah, no, it, it's you can't not. do that now. Were you were you a uh, Mission Viejo? Were you a Diablo? I wasn't. I was you a Cougar. Weren't. Okay, my wife was a Diablo. I won't tell. Oh, her. really? <laughs> ah, rivals. Exactly. Oh, that's so funny. So, what other shows were you a background actor on? Um, I got booked on Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Let's see, Party of Five, Step by Step. Ooh, um, with Christine Lakin. Yes, there was a few. Those, I don't know why, those seem to like stick out. Um, a few movies. <sighs> Babylon 5, that was really oh, random. that's cool. But cool, that was one yeah, of the coolest because cool. you actually got, as an extra, you still got to have makeup done. Yeah. And I got to look like an alien. Mm-hmm. And it was yes. so not me, but it was great. It was so much fun. 
That's fun. So, okay. So you were on season three and four of Boy Meets World. Walk people through then what would happen. So your call time, 7.30 a.m. What happens when you arrive to set? What's the process like? So you arrive to set and then uh, the AD would pass out scripts to everyone. And uh, you'd actually go through, we'd probably spend like a good hour maybe. And we'd go through the entire script. And she would say something like, uh, okay, Jeannie, uh, on this line, on writer's line, you're going to go from the top of the stairs to locker two, you know, and have a conversation with somebody. And then, you know, on, uh, let's say Danielle on your line, I was to exit and, and leave, you know, walk off set or whatever. Yeah. So everyone had, um, you know, they're blocking. Di- yeah. Different blocking, yeah. different crossings. I think it's amazing. I don't know who put it together because it seems like that would take a long time. to figure out at least 20 extras and where they were going and how they're not going to cross in front of you. And it just, it's like, I know, I mean, it's 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 such an art. It's it's, It's a dance. It's a dance. Exactly. And so would, this would have been Didi, right? Didi yeah, Stefano would have been. T- yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Didi. She's All right. So Didi, yeah. So she was our second second stage manager. And so she would have been in charge. of. So, yeah, I wonder if Didi mapped out all of those moves. I mean, it must have. We have to fallen. have Didi on. Yeah, yeah we, 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 we will. Yeah. We should. Yeah. Right. And she was so good at it. Like she was. Oh, she's amazing. She's just on everybody. And she's so friendly. That was one yeah. of the things yeah. that I'm sure was like a really, you know, I'm sure and I don't want to put words in your mouth. Was was every AD you worked with on sets uh, like wonderful and fun to be around or were um, there some that were better than others? Uh, she was the best. I will yeah. say she was the best. Um, I can see that. And, and I maybe, can totally be, see you know, that. Maybe because I got the opportunity to come back and do more shows. Uh, but she was amazing. Mike was Mike was great, too. Yeah, I just I, I think everyone sometimes is in work mode. And as you guys know, you're pressed for time. You got to get lines done. You know, you just got to really nail it and. I think maybe some were just like, whatever, do this, yeah. do yeah. that. But with her, she was, I don't know, she was on it. She was on yeah. it, but still so like awesome and sweet. I have a question just because I'm curious. What, uh, uh, behind you on your 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 shelf back there, yes. does that say Transformers or am I wrong? You are correct. Thank you. And is it G.I. <laughs> Joe? Is it G.I. Joe next to that? That is G.I. Joe. We are absolutely yes. friends. Which Transformers <laughs> is it? Can I ask from here? It's not robot in, Robots in Disguise, is it? Uh, no. It, well, it's, well, the game is infor, uh, Information Protocol. It's, okay. Uh, I can't I can't tell from here. I'm sorry. I think it's Bumblebee on the, co- yeah. on the cover there. Sorry. That's, I'm just... that's actually my career job. So that's... Is what? Um, I'm a creative director for Where? a boarding game company called Renegade Game Studios. And oh, awesome. I am in charge of the Hasbro uh, line. Yes, I worked for so, Hasbro for years. So that's I was, so cool. that's, uh, I'm sorry. I know, yeah. I know my transformer. I know my nerd. You so got, I know yeah, my, tra- it. Sorry. my GI Joe, my transformers <laughs> in the background. I'm going to call that out every time. I love that. Amazing. Okay, good. Yeah. So I want to know, background actors are not allowed to talk, but you have to make it look like you're talking. Oh, Did God. you have any tricks to making it look like you were talking but staying totally silent um no there were no tricks and and there were no tricks but i will say that uh becoming a regular right on the show and working with other regular extras there were times it was almost like we were trying to make each other laugh without really blowing it right so you're gonna have conversations saying ridiculous things to each other at the lockers saying things that just Maybe you're inappropriate. You yeah, know, so you're, you're, you're reading oh lips. Yeah. You're reading oh lips. God. Yeah, you're saying things that so aren't good. If you go back voice. through the episodes and read your lips, sometimes you might be saying 
some inappropriate truly, uh, stuff. Something inappropriate. Stuff. I mean, oh my god, I love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, do you, did you become friends with all the other extras? I mean, did you hang out offset because you were all kind of regulars there? Uh, we did sometimes. Yeah, I, I went out a lot with Wendy Smith. Um, and then there's a few of them that I've become Facebook friends with. And we just keep in touch. And we talk about the old days of, of Boy Meets World and certain episodes. Um, yeah. And then do any episodes friend, stick out in your head that you did? Yes. And it's actually one with you. Well, it's um, it's with the guitarist. Oh, oh, oh um, uh, uh, Leisha Haley. Yes. Yeah, Shallow Boy. That's Shallow what Boy. Yeah, yes. that was a That's fun a episode. episode. That was uh, that was a fun episode. She was amazing. I really hope we get to have her on the show because she was absolutely incredible. That, that was awesome. a fun episode to do. Were yeah. you in the Were you in the chubby scene where she was singing? Uh huh. Oh, that's, oh, so, that's so, cool. so cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can see me. I'm holding a French fry, <laughs> and I I just go right into disgust. Yeah, she starts singing, and I throw the French fry down, and I get up and walk away out of Chubby's. Ooh, that's <laughs> a fun action. Oh, I can't wait to go back and watch that. Oh, you'll laugh. You'll that's laugh. cool. That's so, totally cool. I think the most pressing question we have: Were we nice? Yes, but like, but professional, right? Yeah. So I think as an extra, you feel like it's like a privilege to be on set, and you just you don't want to you don't want to mess that up. So, you know, I would, I would see you guys and I have no idea if you, rec- if you remember this face or not, or not, but, um, I just, I don't know. I would just like smile, but I, I don't think I ever tried to start up conversations unless it was like the last show of the season. And I felt like, okay, it's cool. Everyone's just happy Same. and excited right. and celebrating and things like that. But, um, I think you guys probably all were approachable. I just didn't want to, I wouldn't, I didn't want to do anything to have me not back on the set. Well, it's also it's because I think about it now, like I just I just wrapped a movie I was directing and it's um, sets are fun environments or they can be fun environments and actors like to talk and kids like to talk. And yet, if you think about what it would be like to have 12 kids in a classroom set where also work needs to get done, if if they were allowed to just talk and joke and laugh, it would be completely out of control. So it's a it's um, it's a little bit of like you talk as much as you can before somebody says, all right, keep it down. You know, no personal conversations. We need to get work done. And so it was it was always like a tough balance between wanting to be like, so what's your name and where are you from and what do you like to do without actually then being in trouble? Because there's no time for that. Right. Yeah, I I think I really don't. I actually don't remember you guys having much conversation right before your lines. Yeah. I think you just all seemed very focused, especially you, Ryder. You were like, it just seemed like you were so on it. And I was like, wow. And that kid was good. He was. Yeah. So do you tell anybody now about your history as a background actor? Yeah, I do sometimes. um, It's been what, like 20, a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So let's just say 20 a lot. Yeah, 20 a lot. <laughs> uh, if I have made new friends, like, you know, my kids, uh, you know, you start making new friends with your kids, you know, their, yeah. their friends and parents and things like that. And then let's say I have a few drinks and uh, we're watching TV <laughs> or, so, or whatever, flipping through and Disney Plus is there. I'm like, oh, hey, you should you should put on Boy Meets World for a second, you know. So like, yeah. why? I'm like, oh, I'll show you something, you know, and oh, I'll find an episode. And I'm like, that? that's so that fun. Like. <laughs> what it's it's kind of a fun conversation do you know um, how many episodes you're actually in that you that you can see yourself in have you added it up 
I haven't. It's maybe close to 15. Wow. I think. But it was over the course of two seasons? Or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there were some shows where you didn't have the school scenes. Right. Is there was a lot of shooting and some days it was it was just a one one day call and one scene and that was it. Was wow. Dusty there with you while you were there? Dusty. Dusty Gould, red hair, one of the one of the background actors. He was one of the was background actors. Yeah, he, he was in the classroom yeah. with us. He was in the classroom. Probably. And I realized that most of the kids in the classroom were were minors. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. they wanted to keep them young in the classroom. So I think they kind of had to separate it because, you know, they had to go do school and yeah. we're just on a sitting, sitting in our chairs in an empty stage waiting. <laughs> waiting for your turn. <laughs> so much downtime on a set. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which Jeannie, so thank much. you for sending us these amazing pictures of oh, us. I have sure. this great picture. We will post them on our social yeah. media uh, <laughs> so that you guys get to see exactly who she is. And then you can spot her when we get to her her episodes yeah. in seasons three and four. Uh, it was really great to catch up with you, Jeannie. I totally remember your face. You haven't changed at all. Oh, you thank haven't. you. You right. haven't. It's weird. <laughs> thank you, guys. You're all the same to me, too. It's funny. It's awesome. Well, it's I really nice it. to reconnect with you. Thank you for yeah, all of the thanks for uh, coming on our show. Yeah, thanks for coming on our show. And thank you for all the work you did for us all those 20 plus years ago. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I love it. Yeah. I love your podcast. Been listening. I think it's really cool. Aww. I love everyone's you know, perspective and and, uh, you know, what you went through. I think it's really neat because I was just a small part of it. And it, it really it's, I don't know. I, you, you know, you always try and guess and think how everyone else is thinking or what it is their challenges, or maybe they don't have challenges and only I have challenges, but it was really <laughs> great. It was really great. Well, thank you so thank much. You. Thank, thank you, you guys. Jeannie. It was Thanks, great Jeannie. to see you. All right. Bye, Bye guys. Our next guest was a background actor on Boy Meets Worlds in seasons two through four. And then he came back in season six just to watch a taping and was invited back to be an, an extra in that episode. That's awesome. <laughs> is, That's awesome. So cool. Um, so let's please welcome, I think, I please, Justin, if I'm saying your name wrong, Justin Armeo. That's absolutely perfect. Woo-hoo! Yes. All right. Justin, welcome. Oh my God, this is insane. This is so I, I want to cool. say right off the bat, I absolutely 100% remember Justin. Dude, no I way, did, that's I awesome. I absolutely <laughs> do. The second I saw your picture, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I absolutely know. Yeah, I knew exactly who you were right away. You did a whole bunch of episodes and I completely remember you. Yeah, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Will. Of course. Yeah, I think I did like 50, maybe. Yeah, you, like were, that. you did a whole 50. lot of episodes. You were one of the regulars there for most of the time. So, yeah, I yeah. completely remember Justin. Wait, yeah. so you did maybe 50 episodes just within seasons two, three and four. So I, I just I just watched. Um, so the first episode I did was uh, season two, episode eight, Band on the Run. And then I did the rest of that season, did season three, season four. And then I missed the show so much. Like I went to an audience taping of it when you moved to Radford. I watched yeah. the show. Then I snuck over to the bathroom, which was in a, a soundstage next door. I hid in the bathroom for a half an hour, waited for the audience to leave and everybody get escorted out. Then I walked back onto the soundstage and I saw Steve and Dee Dee and they <laughs> yes. saw me and they jumped up and they said, oh, my God, Justin, you what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I came to see the show. And they said, you have to come back and do an episode. And I said, that, 
please. That would be oh, awesome. Oh, my so gosh. Yeah. yeah, so Steve Hafer and Didi DiStefano, we talked about them a little bit, yeah. our stage Steve's managers. Steve's having a baby. Steve's, Steve's having, having a baby. A baby. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you remember that, Justin. I lo- yeah. Yes. You guys had so many. I don't really remember the catchphrase, but you guys had so many in-jokes and catchphrases, and <laughs> you guys are always having such an awesome time. It's so funny. One of the pictures that we have of you, Justin, you are in the scene with Leisha Haley, which yeah. is exactly the same scene we were just talking about with Jeannie. There's another background actor we have from that set that that Leisha Haley episode, Shallow Boy, was really special. Oh, Shallow Boy. I remember that. I still had my yeah. script somewhere in the garage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think it's because everybody has to react to her playing a song. Do you, yeah, I think that, that was why it. it was like in Chubby's. She's she does a whole. It's like a, the whole part point of the scene is that she's making a scene, right? And everybody right. has to sort of react to it, as opposed to other scenes where we're just like talking in the foreground and everybody's just kind of you know living normal life in oh, the background. That's the Alanis Morissette. Yeah, exactly. So, you're giving, oh, you're giving. So, I'm looking at the picture right, right now. You're giving such a great like over the shoulder look at Leisha Haley. This kind of with your eyebrow raised, you've got the Boy Meets World eyebrow raised, <laughs> and you are sitting yeah. there looking at her like she's she's off her nut. It's great. It's absolutely phenomenal. That they, second I saw that picture, right? I was like, oh yeah, I know Justin. I know exactly who <laughs> Justin is. They kept coming back to me over and over and said, bigger, bigger, bigger. <laughs> Give us more. So, but that, that's I totally learned on that set that you have to go pretty big for people to notice things sometimes. It's mm-hmm. true. It's so absolutely would, true. You would have been, especially in that episode, what would have been characterized as a featured extra, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, you don't get any extra money. It's just a, it's just a good, you know, you're seen really well and you do a little bit, which is really cool. And the longer I was there, the more they threw me cool bits to do. Like, yeah. I think there's one time you hit a ball off the pool table and it like hits me in the foot. And then <laughs> one time I played... Uh, they came in, I think, a uh, uh, train of consequences where we're, you're on the train, the New Year's Eve party. Yes, New oh, Year's yeah. Eve. Yeah. And I played the pizza guy and Ryder comes up to me and he's like, does anybody know anything about deliveries? And then <laughs> then he like rushes me out the door and then comes back and says, you know, he's going to good thing is he's going to deliver Miss, Mrs. Gianelli's babies. And uh, they'll be here. They'll be here in under thirty minutes or whatever is the joke. (laughs) That's right. I forgot about that. That's so funny. And so that's that's why you in the pizza hat, right? Yeah, you're in the pizza hat. But you and I, because we are, were around the same age. You weren't really in the classroom, right? You were. You and I were always kind of in the same scenes together. Yeah. So I was too old to be one of the classroom regular kids, and they wanted to have, you know, kids that were over people were over eighteen to be, you know, the hallway kids, chubbies, and whatever else like that. So yeah, I was. I'm 52 now. I'm still a bit older than you, but I was. Yeah, close. What are you? How old are you now? I'm for, I'm 46. So okay. yeah, we're we're pretty yeah, close yeah. in age. Yeah, yeah, so we're decently close. Did you have to eat in all those chubby scenes? Um, I think I ate a few times in a chubby scene. <laughs> Mostly, I was standing up or, you know, pretending to be breaking up with a girlfriend in the background or something crazy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, much so fun. Do you have now, any particular episode or scene that you remember the most? Oh gosh. I mean, I really like the 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 train of consequence episode. That was really funny. And I remember Charisma Carpenter was in that episode, yeah. but mm-hmm. didn't know who that was. I, I think we were sitting in the back of train, me, Will, and Charisma, and I had no idea who she was. And it was really fun. It was just it was different because it was a different set. So Right. There's a really good memory there. And the, the 
The one with the monkeys was really cool because I grew up watching. I mean, I was a little too young to watch the monkeys originally, but you know, when I was a kid, there's only like three channels. So I had to watch the monkeys. Oh, you meant the monkeys, the band. I instantly yeah. went to the episode where Eric has monkeys. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, no. Okay. The monkeys, yeah, the band, there there the is an episode where Eric has monkeys. How yes. He's got, that? he's got the same monkey that, that Ross has on friends. That same Marcel monkey was on our show. Wow. I have yeah. no recollection of that. Yeah. So uh, that's where my head went. I was like, oh, you're in the episode where I'm with the monkey. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, can you tell us a little bit about how you started in, in the business? Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely was obsessed with movies as a kid. And I used to cut out newspaper ads and pasted my wall with moves because I couldn't afford posters. So I had movie ads from the Sunday calendar all over my wall. That's so cool. And, and then I just wanted to be an extra in my I just wanted to do something and I was, you know, just out of college and I didn't know what to do. My sister goes, why don't you be an extra? I'm like, you can do that. She's like, yeah, why don't you get the drama log and go? She said, go do something free. And if you like it, um, you're meant to do this. So I went and worked on a science fiction movie, played a cracked out space guy and or something. And it worked for like 14 hours for zero pay. And I couldn't wait to do it again. Wow. And then eventually I got an agent agency. So I was working on like 90210 and like step by step and party of five. And it's the same um, ones that, that Jeannie was just Jeannie talking about. That exact yeah. same group of three. Well, it's that age range, right? It was yeah. like that. If yeah. you were, if you, if you were 18 or over 18, but still looked young, you could be in the background of all those shows. That's what they needed. So oh yeah. Wanna, like seven yeah. and clueless and. Yep. So many things. Yeah, it was crazy. And then but it's the best to get on a show and be a regular because yeah. yeah, to be a regular, like 902. So I was basically doing like 90210, Party of Five, Boy Meets World. And then I then I do a random day and I work on like Showgirls for three days or something <laughs> and something random. That's so cool. And Which... I got into and I got into SAG and, and Didi. I said, Didi, if I get into SAG, will you keep me on the show? She said, yes. And do you want to hear my SAG story? Yes. I got into SAG. So I get a call one day from, from like my agent agency and they said, would you be interested in being Johnny Depp's butt double? And I said, um, and, and my brain just said, you know, normally you might think about them. I'm I'll think about that. I said, oh yeah, absolutely. And she goes, and she, or she said like, try Take out my to butt, be. please. Yeah, exactly. Oh Are you at the audition? Yeah. So, well, here's what happened. She goes, I said, so what does that entail exactly? And she said, well, okay, you go. I, I lived in, I live in Orange County. And she said, okay, um, you have to go up to the studio. She goes, I'll call you back an hour and give you the details. You'll go up there. You'll talk to them for a minute. They'll interview for a moment. You'll pull down your pants and they'll take a picture <laughs> of your butt, a Polaroid. They'll, uh, uh, they'll give it to a producer and, uh, and they'll probably give it to Johnny Depp and, and I said, so, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do that, I guess. Oh, and and she hangs up the phone. I go to take a shower. I get ready. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And then she <laughs> she calls back an hour later and she goes, oh, they, I'm sorry. They just found somebody to do that. <laughs> and I said, okay. I'm like, oh, bummer. And I was so disappointed. Man, I could have been Johnny Depp's butt. But, um, <laughs> in what, How did you that get you in sack? Hey, well, first of all, do you remember what it was from? <laughs> So it's it's the it's Don Juan DeMarco with Johnny okay. Depp and Marlon Brando. Okay. So, I film. I like that film. Yeah. Good movie. So two days yeah. later, I get a call. And so they threw me a bone. They put me on um, Don Juan DeMarco. 
So I get up there and I didn't realize that was the movie. And then I was like, Hey, that guy looks like Marlon Brando. And they're like, that's because that is Marlon Brando. And I said, Oh, and that's Johnny Depp. I'm like, Holy shit. So we're in working on scenes and Marlon Brando really like loves like the little guy, the low in the totem pole person. He was like talking to me, like Justin, he's like, he heard my name. He said, it's getting kind of warm in here. Don't you think? I said, yeah, it's getting kind of warm. And they brought an air conditioner just for him. And I got stuck in a stairwell with Marlon Brando. So I'm eating snacks and Marlon Brando and a, a, uh, like assistant director come in and they're arguing and they're like, you say, Marlon, can you work in like an extra 15 minutes? Like, no, sure. I'll work an extra 15 minutes and I'll just come in uh, 15 minutes late tomorrow. And they kept going back and forth. And Marlon Brando was just handling this guy really easily and really calmly. And the guy turned to me and saw me and he got really mad. And he, he said, you like, you need to leave. And, and Marlon Brando said, Oh no, 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 no. The kid stays. And I was like, Holy, like, I'm going to tell this story for the rest of my life. Yep. Wow. Yep. So he gave one. So Marlon Brando gave one extra girl. She played a nurse. He goes, okay, you're, you have lines. Cause he was, they were doing like small talk and they were mentioning, talking about how to get into SAG through, do you know the voucher system? How you got into SAG? Yeah. Back then? Yeah. Yeah. So you needed three SAG vouchers and, or you we should say little, for our listeners, SAG is Screen Actors, actors Guild. Right, right. It's the union for actors um, yes. that you have to be a member of in order to, you know, collect your residuals and have your health insurance and all that. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. And you get paid 80 bucks instead of 40 bucks. Exactly. Yeah. As an extra. And um, he said, OK, uh, you want to get in? The, he's, he like she, he was hurt. hurt. We were all like tr- trying hard to get into SAG. We needed our like last voucher. And he goes, OK, you have lines. You're going to have lines. He gave this nurse lines. Marlon Brando out of nowhere just gives her lines. So we shoot. I go home. Um, I get a call like two days later. They really need you on set. Don Juan to market. They have to do a reshoot or whatever. I rush up to the set. I get there and I was non-union and I needed one more voucher and I'd waited a whole year. I didn't get my third voucher. And she signs, signs the vouchers, hands it to me. And she said, go home. You're done for the day. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, welcome to SAG. I said, what do you, yes. I said, this is a SAG voucher. Because yeah, somebody up there likes you. Somebody, somebody really big is really looking out for you. I said, wow. I'm like, are you telling me Marlon Brando one got me into SAG? She, she's like, I'm not saying that. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> and I walked away. The kid stays. Right. That is Marlon so Brando cool. got you into SAG. I think, you know, who knows? Like, and I heard from a couple other people that that's what they heard the same thing. Cause either Marlon or Johnny or somebody, wow. they were, they're really cool. And, you know, and I got into SAG, got to stay on boy meets world. So I had a regular gig. Cause normally when you got into SAG as an extra, your jobs just went down because yeah. you could, you know, because the first, they don't want to pay you the extra money. Yeah, yeah. Cause only the first certain number of people on a SAG TV show or move or Extras have to be SAG and everybody above that number could be non-union. Yeah. So in a crowd scene, there's, you know, 40 SAG people and a thousand non-union people. So did you stay in the entertainment industry? Do you still work in the entertainment industry now? I do. Well, I have a a regular job. I'm a buyer for a medical company, but for, um, so I I had a daughter, so I eventually had to quit, quit extra work and, but I worked on about 300 things. And then I started to move into local commercials and then I started writing and I said, if, if no one's going to put me in anything, I'll put myself in something. So I started Great. writing and directing indie movies 
So I, I directed a movie called Bloodsucker Jones, which is a, yeah. a like a black exploitation movie. So here's re- something really interesting. When I first started, um, when I was cast on the show and I shot my first episode, a couple episodes before that was an episode called Who's Afraid of Corey Wolf? Oh, yeah, yeah and, the Halloween one, right? Yeah. He yeah. turns and, into a werewolf, yeah. And there's a small theme in it about how he thinks he has to kill Topanga to like become a full-fledged werewolf or something. And I, I took that kernel of an idea, and that's the plot of the first movie I made, Bloodsucker Jones, but it was about a vampire making... Um, uh, becoming a full-fledged vampire, he has to kill his first love. Wow. So we made that. We got into festivals. It did pretty good. And then we made a sequel, Bloodsucker Jones versus The Creeping Death. Where can we find these movies? Where can everyone listening um, find your stuff? So they're both on Amazon. Ooh. On Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yes. And you can get, um, but you can you can rent them on Amazon. You can rent them on Amazon Prime. Great. They used to be there for free, but now it's only for rental. But we're re-releasing it to put it on a lot of platforms and then i just finished our biggest movie it's called xanadu hellfire and i love these titles these thanks are the best. man <laughs> and i i wrote it for my daughter like i was a single dad so I, I wanted to write a movie about a single dad so it's about a nine-year-old girl who brings her comic book character from the future to the present just to hang out and her evil sister follows and all hell breaks loose that's so cool i want to watch and, that and you okay well here's another little tidbit i was gonna make it union and I wanted to cast you in it as the single dad. And then I didn't have enough money um, to make it union. So I didn't, I never ended up contacting you. But that, my plan was always to get all of you in a movie one day somehow. Aww. That That's would be really fun. Cool. Maybe we could do yeah. Bloodsucker Jones 3. Boy meets right. Bloodsucker. Totally. <laughs> I have many scripts, so, but that's still my dream, and I hope to do that one day for sure. That's Justin, awesome. Justin, thank you so much for being here with us and telling oh, us sure. about your life now and your experiences as a background actor. It really means a lot to us. So, Oh, thanks so much. I, this podcast is incredible. Aww, like hearing, all you, hearing your feelings about how you thought you were going to be fired and <laughs> and then I thought I didn't get invited back, and then I found out the next week was like an off day. Oh. An, off, an off week, and I was like, "Well, thank you again, Justin. This has been yeah. a real, a real pleasure. So, thank you oh, for being yeah. here with us. We wish Thanks, you the best, guys. and yeah, we'll, good to we'll, see you again, we man. can't wait to reconnect on our our movie set. I'm for checking sure. out that <laughs> awesome. those movies. I'm checking yeah, those out. Please, please. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye Justin. Now, let's take a moment and listen to a story of how understanding your health begins with understanding what your genetics say about you. Natasha's 23andMe journey led her to an amazing reconnection with her dad. It was kind of like an out-of-body experience, you know, because um, me and my father was my journey since I was maybe five or six years old. In your life, you meet people, even your spouse, your kids, but you never meet a person who's a mirror to yourself. To meet my father and just to look at him, look at his eyes, hear his voice, it's just an amazing experience that, you know, um, after 38 years of you imagining everything, you you can't comprehend it. Natasha's 23andMe connection also helped her discover valuable insights into her health. The, the main um, health history I learned is that uh, my father has high blood pressure, right? And my mom has it too. And that to me just sends all kinds of alarms in my mind to say, hey, I am, you know, a high category of getting high blood pressure as well. So 
my mission, you know, in order to make myself not, you know, become that category is to just make sure I eat healthy, you know, make sure I'm living a stress-free life as best as I can. 23andMe helped Natasha answer questions about her history and her health that have changed her life. If you're just feeling empty out there, I mean, just take them steps to, you know, get yourself better, answer your questions. And I would have felt that if I didn't take the steps that I needed, I would have always wondered, you know, not only for myself, but for my kids. So um, I think it's very important. Just take your health out, you know, live your good life, but you can live an even better life knowing, you know, what you're fighting up against. This story was brought to you by 23andMe. Learn more about your ancestry and get personalized genetic insights into your health. Get started today at 23andMe.com. Jason, how are you doing? I, I'm well. It's Good. great to see you guys. Nice to see you. You, you, were, you were a background actor in season three. Right. Tell us a little bit about some of the episodes you were a part of and like, what is your favorite memory from being a background actor on Boy Meets World? The only episode I really remember vividly was there was a scene in the, I want to say it was in the lunchroom or maybe in that, um, that hangout place that, that you guys always went to. Chubbies. Chubbies. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Corey uh, was being bullied by this guy and they brought in this like really, really, really tall, good looking, like Nordic looking kid. And mm -hmm. there was always, there was a big height differential, which was very funny, but uh, they made it even funnier because they had this guy who was already quite a bit taller than Ben stand on an apple box. Like watching that as like a wannabe actor, uh, you know, trying to start my career, you know, just watching the decisions being made on the fly. And I thought that was so cool. So I, how old were you? Were you 18 playing younger? I was 23. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you were in Chubbies, yeah. you could really be any age. Yeah. 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 Because you guys were in high school by the time I was on the show. I don't think Got I could be middle school age. <laughs> wow. How did you how get did, started? Yeah. Uh, doing background work? Or just in the in the business and, you know, in general? Um, I had, well, I had just moved to L.A. when I was uh, doing extra work. So so I moved here in 1995. So I was on the show 95, 96. So I, I didn't know anyone here. I didn't have any uh, friends. And I had heard that, oh, if you could go do background work and go sign up. And, you know, so that's how I paid my bills, sort of, the first year living here. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you move from? Uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, nice. Yeah, outside of Allentown, uh, you know, the Billy Joel song. That's where uh, Of I'm course. Going. I know Pennsylvania mm -hmm. well. Both my brothers went to school in Pennsylvania. Okay. So that's very cool. Now, what made you come out here? What made you come out to Los Angeles? Was it just the, the, the bug to be an actor? It was a little bit of that. It was, there was a really, really big uh, snowstorm. So I, I used to work in radio and the station I worked at uh, back in Allentown, we were known for the school closings, like back before the internet, they would do the school closing. Oh, those were the best. Snowstorm on the radio. So I, I worked overnight. So I would stay overnight uh, and do my shift. And then in the morning, I would have to stay and help the morning show take the calls. So I remember driving home after being completely sleep deprived in this blizzard. And I got home and I'm like, why, why am I here? Why? This is terrible. <laughs> okay, so first like this. 
Yeah, for for uh, Jason, just very quickly for Ryder and Danielle, the two West Coast kids. So mm-hmm. uh, when we were East Coast kids growing up, you would wake up on a day when there was snow on the ground and you would put on the radio and you would wait for your school to be called. And then right. they tell you if you were delayed or if you're de- if you had a snow day and it was canceled, it was the best. So I don't think you had that out here on the West Coast, did you? No, in the mountains, in the mountain towns, but not. But you would, you'd sit there and you'd wait and it would say like, and the Avon public schools are, and if if it was a good DJ, they would pause because it would either be our open and running normal and you go oh or they in which go, case oh. the horse yeah. and buggy couldn't get you to school right because exactly the, the roads you couldn't get did. we had slaves right. too still, and we weren't right. primitive <laughs> uh, but that's what it was it would be and they'd be like avon public schools are closed today and you'd be like yes not thinking that of course then you had to do an extra day in the summer because they just tack it on because they the just end tack the it on right yeah but it was you just have a day off or you'd go sledding or you would play snowball are you it was the greatest thing in the world so it's something that is just jason and i know what this is but if you did not grow up in that you didn't you didn't know so yeah it was totally cool jason were you a background actor on any other shows yeah i i was on friends a couple of times Ooh, cool and actually like you could see me really well because it was like the season two premiere like when the show was just like absolutely white hot at the the top of the zeitgeist and it's like Ray, uh, ross gets off the plane with julie yeah, Rachel does this like pratfall in the airport over the furniture. I'm right there dressed as a limo driver. How fun. <laughs> I have to watch that again. And uh, I got my SAG card on Executive Decision, which was a movie with uh, Steven Seagal and Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Kurt Russell, Perry. Steven Russell, uh, John Leguizamo, everybody jumping on the airplane. Yes, B.D. Wong. Trump was in it? Yes, it was Are a great serious? movie. Yes, yeah. it was a great movie. I love the title because that sounds exactly like a Steven Seagal movie. There's like a, you know, hard to kill. Yeah. Executive decision. But the you thing know, that was like cool about like, Executive Decision and not, it's a spoiler alert, but it's from 1996. Seagal's only in like the first 15 minutes and then uh, it's killed off. It's a straight uh, up Kurt Russell. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I think we should explain to everybody why having your SAG card is so important because it's now come up a couple of times. Um, And so as Ryder mentioned, SAG stands for the Screen Actors Guild and you it's it's joining SAG is a little bit of a catch 22 because you cannot have a speaking role in television or a movie until you are a member of SAG. But you can't become a member of SAG until you have a speaking part. So well, you can do one, right? You can do one, and then you do you get something that's called you get Taft a voucher. Heart lead. You get your yeah. voucher. Yeah. Yes. Right. So yeah. Taft, being Taft Heart lead in means I think actually you get the option to join right away. You can right. get right. yeah. And but there are other ways to earn your SAG. Like you get in like three SAG vouchers, right? In is that a what year? it used to be? Is there a time limit? Can you just no. get three? Okay. Just three. Yeah. But when I was doing it, the, because SAG and AFTRA were separate unions at the time. So, so right. to join SAG, you, you would get three vouchers doing background work because they would have a certain allotment of union background actors they would have to use and then a certain allotment of non-union. So if you worked on the show as a non-union, you wouldn't get a voucher. But sometimes there was an extra slot that would open up. Somebody didn't show up and you would get bumped up and you would get to use the union voucher for the day. Wow. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, so I got into SAG because I did I was a member of Equity, which is a theater union. And I don't know if this is still the case. But back then, if you were a member of Equity after you were in Equity for a year, 
you could get you were eligible oh. for sag. I think so I just by being thing. in Les Miserables as a kid, I then became eligible for sag. So I never had to do like the voucher or Taft Hartley thing. I just yeah, you know, I think I, I did the same thing. I think well, after yeah. being in the Hartford stage, I was in equity, and then I was able yep. to join sag. What year did to you join. join sag rider? Do you remember? Nineteen ninety. Ninety. Danielle. Ninety yeah. one. Jason. Ninety five. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Most actors, because it's a very big deal. As an actor you to get your SAG card. It, re- it, well, really... it still says when you join, too, on your yeah. card, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's so cool that you, you get it. But you don't need to look at it. Most actors, you ask them, like, when did you join SAG? And they can instantly. I was 89. Like, I'll always remember. Yeah. 1989. But now, I remember there used to be a Screen Extras Guild. Remember? There, I think pre, like, it wasn't until the mid-90s that the two guilds merged. Uh, it used to be that if you were an extra, you, you were in a separate union. And then it, and then it became all under SAG. And that was a big deal because that's that's how then you could become a SAG member by doing background work. Before that, you couldn't even do it by doing background work. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. It, it, yeah, background mm-hmm. work didn't used to count. No. Nope. Hmm. And once you're a member of SAG, you get health insurance as well. So, so there's a, there's again, it's a it's a a, a double edged sword. Joining yeah. SAG means you pay uh, dues. dues. Yep. So <sighs> you have to pay kind of a lot of money every year yes. in order to stay in SAG. You also have to earn a certain amount of money every year to stay in SAG. And there are like two levels of earnings. Health like, yeah. you know, whether you're going to be in plan A or plan B. And plan A is the better insurance, but it means you also have to be earning a significantly I larger portion of money a year. That's gone now. I don't really? think there's plan A, plan B anymore. I think there's just one plan that's not as good as plan A and not as bad as plan B. I think they kind of went in the middle <laughs> hmm, okay. and now it's one. And some people were happy with that. And some people were, there's been a lot of changes at SAG and some yeah. of them haven't been great, but. So Jason, do you still work in the entertainment industry and what are you doing now? Uh, now I'm managing a tour company called Bikes and Hikes LA. Uh, but I, I, I am still in entertainment a little bit. I host my own podcast called a lifetime of Hallmark where uh, we review uh, and Kind of pick apart Lifetime and Hallmark movies, and they are so yes. different That's from each so other. That's so cool. Because oh, they're either very out. like earnest and wholesome, or they are just murder and sex twenty four seven. I love right. that. <laughs> I'm trying to get more into hiking. Is your company? Is it like cool hikes around LA? Is that uh, what you guys yeah, do? We we cater to uh, tours from around the world. So that we do biking tours. We do three daily bike tours uh, of LA. One's a thirty two mile one that goes out to the beach and back. Wow. Um, then we do shorter ones in Beverly Hills and in Hollywood. And then we do hikes to the front and back of the Hollywood sign. And that's cool. Arc. Yeah. That's I might, so I might have to join you for the one to the Hollywood sign. I've never, all the years I've been here, 30 some odd years, I've never done a hike to the Hollywood sign. And it's something oh, that I really want to do. Take you. Yeah, come on. All right, let's do it. I let's all, I've never done let's, it either. Oh, we should all go. We should totally do that. That would be really cool. Does it ever come up in your life that you were a background actor on Boy Meets World? Yeah, because I, I have a lot of friends that watched it growing up and sometimes it'll come up in conversation. I'll, I'll tell them and they're like, what, what, what? And now, so I live in West Hollywood. Yeah. And just that I'm sure people have heard in the news that Ben is running for city council in West Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I in my I've lived in WeHo for 15 years. I've never once seen him out. I have run into <laughs> Ben 10 times in the past month. 10. That's so funny. Have you have you talked to him when you've seen him out? Have you? Yeah, the first time I saw him, it was right after I found out I was uh, going to uh, be on with you guys. And so I just went up to him. I was like, Ben, hi, uh, I'm a resident here. We hope it also is on Boy Meets World. And we just we had like a 20 minute conversation. Oh, that's so that's cool. amazing. So yeah. he knew you were a background actor. He didn't remember me. But now when he sees me, he recognizes me and like makes a point of saying hi. 
That's so cool. cool. That's cool. Good. I'm happy to hear that. Well, Jason, thank you so much for being here with us. It was really fun to catch up with you. And I think we'll take you up on that offer to go on a hike to the Hollywood Hollywood sign because none of us have ever done it. That sounds right. What was what was the name of the podcast one more time? A Lifetime of Hallmark. I got to check that out. Perfect. Yes. Well, (laughs) thank you for being here with us. Yeah. Good to see you, Jason. All right. Bye. 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 I want to do I've wanted to do that Hollywood hike. Because it's just such an iconic thing going and actually seeing the Hollywood sign, which yeah. you see it, you drive by and you just get everybody gets it wherever they live. They get so complacent about where they live that they don't do the things that you're kind of to do. Yeah, yeah, that show them the the joy of of the town or city that they live in. So well, I've heard like it's a nightmare. Really like the, the roads up to the Hollywood sign are like so congested, like the local residents hate it so much because. Really? And there's probably no there. place to park and it's awful. Exactly. They've tried there. to make it hard. Yeah. I mean, because people live up there, you know, yeah, but that's, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't. It's like, that's how I knew I was at a rider house. It was like, well, I can't, the, the, the streets are, t- are turning everywhere and I can't actually park. So, hey, I must be in your rider's house. It's yes. just a scant 13 miles from where I had to park my car. That's going to be nice hey and man, simple. I like, you know, I like to be around trees. I like to be, so that means being a little off the beaten path. That is true. Now, my, my place now is right off a big, big road. No, no, no. Your place now has decent parking. But the other ones, it was like, are you kidding? I'd have to call you and be like, I'm acclimatizing for the night. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is. Um, I once my car got stuck hanging off a cliff outside of Writer's House. Oh, that's I right. That night. That's right. We had to call Literally. a tow truck. We had to call a tow truck because I, I was backing, just sitting on the curb. I was oh backing God, down. Was and it was really curved. It was a terrible, terrible thing, and Thank I you. couldn't okay. see. And it was dark, and I turned my wheel, and I like went. Literally, my car was dangling off dangling. the edge of the cliff. Yeah, lift. that's right. I forgot. Did it rip off the front of your car too? And we, no, we nothing. Pulled, nothing okay, like that, that happened. happened. I just couldn't get the wheel back up onto the thing, so the tow truck just had to basically bring my car down yeah. off of the Eventually, cliff. Eventually, we and all put just started driving tow trucks to Ryder's house. It was just easier <laughs> that way. <laughs> Say a lot safer. Oh my god, that was one of our like Boy Meets World dinners that we had. Remember we used to have yes, dinners. Yes, it was like, our Boy yeah, Meets, yeah. one of our Boy Meets World dinners. Yep, and that's fun. It was really fun. Well, yeah. I'd love to introduce our next guest. Her name is Jessica Bibbo. I hope I said that right, Jessica. Um, she was one of the background actors that Jeannie, our very first guest, Jeannie had friends that she would bring in as being other background actors, and Jessica was one of those people. Hey. Hi, Jessica. Hi, how are you? Jessica was one of the background actors in the famous Danielle Topanga cutting her hair episode, Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow. And so you're actually in the bathroom scene with me, right? Yes. Yeah, it was my first time ever being on the show, too. (gasps) That was your first episode. Yes. And I remember they picked me, I think, because I have obviously big hair. Yes, big curly hair. (laughs) yeah so yeah so the lady picked me and I was like oh my gosh like I've never even been here before done this so I and my friend Jeannie was like (laughs) (laughs) she's like you got featured whatever (laughs) she was like I've been here for three years what (laughs) that's so funny and so what happened so was it Didi DiStefano who picked you out it was, yeah. Okay. And she picked uh, me and another um, extra called Wendy. Okay. And it was the three of us. And you, I met me you and in Wendy, the bathroom. Yeah. And I, I think it was it was such a fun experience. I was so nervous the first day, and it just it was just so much fun to be in that episode, especially because it was such a big hit. Yeah. And you're so featured in the in the bathroom at the sink right there. 
So um, what do you really like remember about that day? I remember, I remember you actually. Um, I was so nervous for you because you had to cut your hair on camera. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, I was so nervous for you. And like, you had to get it in the yeah. one yeah. chance. So I really remember that. And I just remember thinking like being nervous for you. And, and just, I thought it was, it was just so fun because it was really my first time on a set. And so the whole, the whole thing, like it looked smaller than I thought it would, you know, yeah, how everyone it is always TV. says that's it's so true. funny. It's totally I, uh, true. It is true. I guess it's just something about when you actually see the limits of the set, you're like, Oh, well, that's all it is. Yeah. I'm like, you it's know. shorter. And like, I don't yeah. know, like there was there, I had like this perception of what it would be and then it was different. So I remember that. And then um, I also remember I got to get my makeup done. So that was super exciting. I'm like, cause I was featured. I'm like, Ooh, I get to get my, my makeup. I did. I'm like, you don't bother with the hair. No one's going to know how to do it. So I just got my, not my hair, but like, I did get my makeup done. So the other actor that was featured with you, Wendy, had you ever met her before? Did you know her at all? I didn't, but my, my best friend Jeannie was friends with her. They worked okay. together every week. And so we connected immediately. We're still friends to this day. And Jeannie is too, right? Because I think Jeannie was talking about Wendy. Yeah, we're all still friends. And I, you know, I met her that one time. I live in Orange County too, so I don't see her, but um, we're still connected just because of that one day. And we still like reminisce about it. She was like so excited to be chosen too. So are you, are you Mission Viejo as well? I am. Yeah. But you are also not a Diablo. You were a cougar. Exactly. Okay. How did you know? Because we talked. We talked to Jeannie, and my wife is a Diablo. So, so oh my gosh, uh, yeah, my yeah, yeah. kids are going to be Diablos. Okay, there you go. All right, good. Yeah, and my my <laughs> uncle and my lines. mom and like yeah, there's a lot of Mission Bay history in this. There is. <laughs> but we were my my wife lived off of Spartan, right, right across oh from Antonu- across from Antonucci's. Is Antonucci's still there? Like the it greatest is. Italian restaurant? Yeah, it's it's the- totally there. I used to go there growing up with my grandfather. I'm Italian, so that was like his spot. So yeah, that's Antonucci's a good, that's a good is great. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, little little Mission Viejo. It's, it's for my wife. Shout out to my wife. Oh, yeah. um, can I ask you a question? Had you heard of Boy Meets World or seen Boy Meets World before you came on the show? I had heard of it. Um, you know, I was I'm I was older at the time, so I was I don't think I had seen it. I had seen it maybe on TV. But the funny thing is, is because I was in college the day after the show aired and I went to school, everybody came up to me. I'm not kidding you. I saw you on TV. Oh my gosh. And I, wow. I was like, oh wow. Like so many college people, college age people were watching the show, boys, girls, everything. So wow. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, of course I knew about the show. It was such a big hit. That's cool. Do you ever yeah. tell people about it now? Do you have children? Do they know about your past as a background actor? My <laughs> kids like think it's so fun. Cause I show them the picture of the three of us mm-hmm. at the bathroom <laughs> Um, they think it's very cool. They know I'm doing this. They can't wait to hear about it. Um, and yeah, I still, I have so many friends who are like, I can't believe that that was you. They knew the episode. They're like, so they think it's amazing that I was, I'm like, not, I was not the actor, but like, they think it's like the coolest thing. So yeah, it does. It still comes up. It's so funny. Now you remember being nervous for me. Do you remember, did I seem nervous? 
I think you, if anything, you were, you were very focused and concentrated and maybe a little stressed. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. That was my feeling. It was but an incredibly stressful day. I remember it. I it remember it. Me too. It was like I remember everybody it and I wasn't on set was on edge. We were yeah. all like, it was not a fun experience. No. <laughs> I have to say, like, I do not have fond memories of it. I have like, I get like a knot in my stomach when I think about that day on set. Yeah. Mm. I think people also thought you were going to cut your hair lo- short. I thought you were going to cut your hair shorter than you did. So when you actually cut it, I was like, oh, okay, oh, good. Like it was like more right. of like a uh, okay, like a relaxed, relaxed moment for me because I thought you were going to go like up, like bobbing it up. So seeing that you lifted it up and cut it, I was like, okay, I was like that. That took no, some of the stress I was away. given very specific instructions about where I was allowed to cut. And, you know, it was it was a very stressful day. And Michael came out and said, you know, okay, show me where show me where. And I was like, like right here. And he was like lower. And I was like, nah, because I wanted to go a little shorter. And Michael really had a spot that he he really wanted me to do it. Um, Now, I have a question. Has anybody asked you because you're holding the scissors at the end of the day? You get to decide where the cut happens. Yeah. Did you ever think even for a moment about cutting in a different spot than people told you to? Well, not really, mostly because I didn't want to screw anything up for the one take we have on camera. And it was like things were very set. You know, we had we only had a certain amount of time we had we could rehearse it. And and you then you get the one take with the scissors. But it also was a little like the way she cut it. She meaning me the way I cut my hair, I just swung my hair around and then grabbed it and cut. It wasn't like. So I knew there was a margin of error that yeah. was kind of out of my control, but I mm-hmm. definitely didn't want to do anything that was going to make anybody mad at me. And I also knew that I needed to cut it in a place where there was still room for then when I got a real haircut where that could still, it was still going to get shorter from that wherever I cut it. Cause I was going to cut a blunt cut and then, you know, Lori was going to put layers in it and stuff. So mm-hmm. I knew it was going to end up being a little shorter than wherever I cut it. So I also didn't want my hair to be too short, but right. yeah, that was a really stressful. Remember the rehearsing and blocking of that scene where then Jeff McCracken would yell, stop yeah. before <laughs> we got to it. Cause they wanted to make sure we got the scene all the way up until the point of the cut perfectly and yeah i remember being like you can say stop in a normal voice i'm yeah, so not gonna that wasn't jeff. <laughs> jeff, because jeff as an actor jeff took on all do you remember watching his face when he directed oh, his face he at the monitors on is one of the funniest all things of the the emotions of the actor on the scene he was on the set with us which yep. is what made him such i a great totally actor, find great myself director. doing that do you do that danielle when yes. you're watching the monitor i totally yeah. do it too i'm constant I'm, I'm i don't think i'm as exaggerated as jeff but oh. i am definitely like putting myself through whatever the, the actor's scene, doing sure. when I'm directing. It's so, yeah, I yes, feel that's it. What makes, yeah. That's I also what makes do it good. even with hair in, in the face. Like I was watching, you uh-huh. know, I just directed a movie. I was telling you about it. And on camera, there was a piece of hair in one of the actor's faces. And I was like, this. and you just kept, <laughs> I was like, and it was like, okay, that's not going to work. Uh, yeah. Oh, so I, I, I think we, we all got that from, from Jeff. Oh, Jeff, yeah. are you still in the business? So I, I did like a couple more things after your show, um, like, you know, very little things. And then I ended up going into the skincare business. So um, I became an esthetician. I have my own skincare line now called Simply Jess Skincare. And that's what I've been doing literally since like I was 20. No way. Simply Jess. Simply Jess. What's your website? Simply Jess Skincare. Yeah. Do you have a website? Yeah, it's it's just um, simply justskincare.com. It's all natural. It's out of Orange County, so it's doing really well. It's good it's for amazing. you. I should send you some. Yes, please. Yes. We we will all take it. Awesome. You guys, it's <laughs> amazing. It works really well. 
I need it because we were talking about how I wash my entire body with head and shoulders. Was that in this episode? I can't even remember at this point. So I need some sort of skincare regime because the one I have now apparently isn't good. It's simple. Like men can do it. It's it's great. It's Okay, perfect. I don't have dandruff on my face, do I, Ryder? No, you don't. But do I? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Jessica, it was really nice to reconnect with you. Thank you for being here with us. I'm I'm so glad you're in that iconic scene and set with me. We have this adorable picture of the three of us that I'll put on and uh, put on the Instagram. And thank you for being here with us. I love it. It was so good talking to you guys. Thank you for having me. You as well. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Of course. It's so fun. Oh, she's so sweet. So sweet. And her kids are going to be Diablos. And so many background actors from, from Orange County. From Orange County. Which makes is, perfect it, sense, I guess. But it's just... for people who aren't out here, that, that can be a hike. Yes, I mean, that's, I'm from Orange County. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. at the very, I mean, with great traffic, it's still at least an hour. Oh, yeah. I mean, now with, with traffic, I mean, it without traffic, too. it's an hour and 20 minutes. 20, and yeah. with traffic, you're looking at two hours plus. So at it least. begs the question, why not kids in Los Angeles? Like, why didn't, why didn't teenagers in Los Angeles become background Maybe because they kind of grew up around the industry and and they just they just took it for granted about it. And yeah. And whereas like in the Orange County, you'd be like, oh, it's right over there. And I can get these jobs. That's interesting. Maybe. I don't know. But it is. That's and they they all seem the other thing that's very interesting so far. And we we didn't ask Jessica. Well, she kind of told us this, but it does. It seem like you kind of were on the circuit where it's you did 90210. You did step by step. (laughs) You did Boy Meets World. You did. It's like you had you did Party of Five. There are certain shows that you did everywhere. Interesting. Well, our next guest is a woman named Melody Marrero, and she was a background actor in seasons two and three, but then she was featured in season two, episode 12, called Turnaround, and she was given a name, Jacqueline. So I can't wait to hear about how that happened and who Jacqueline was. Hi! Oh my gosh, it is so cool to see you guys. It's been (laughs) They're almost 30 years. Yeah, we're just saying 20, 20 plus. Yeah, let's say 20 plus. (laughs) It's been eight years. That's amazing. It's been a few years. It's so good to see you. So you were a background actor in seasons two and three, but then you were featured as Jacqueline in an episode. So how did that come about? I was. Oh, my gosh. I was so over the moon that day. They said, "Okay, we've seen you around set a lot. You were the um, I was the waitress at Chubby's a few times. And um, I don't know, it was just happenstance. I was just trying not to stick out too much, but uh, one, one of the producers came up, I think, I forget her name, the, one of the uh, assistant producers said, we, we have a spot for you, just come, come with us now. And so I was like, okay, whatever you, whatever you say. And then had me walk with, uh, with Eric. So. Oh, really? Was it the two of us together? Is that why I'm looking at the picture? I have, a, I have a photo of us together. It's so great. So were we date? Were we were, were were Eric and Jacqueline dating at the we time? Is it? Yeah, we were totally a thing. Right. <laughs> Did you write a whole backstory? Is there a history oh, yeah. there? Who oh, broke I up with a who? whole script, an idea about us dating for the future. Yeah, they, they so didn't exactly bad. go with that, but uh, yeah, just kind of like, come around the corner, the lockers, and. Eric, you you walk up and say, hey, Jacqueline, I was just headed that way or something along those lines. And I was so geeked out. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, That's man. Awesome. That's, That's so great. cool. I'm surprised. That must have been the episode that they had Eric girl crazy. It that was one, oh, that one episode. That one episode. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. That was Eric's thing. Was was the So oh. it was so great that we got a chance to do that. That's very cool. It How did really you cool. become a background actor? 
Um, in college, one of my friends was telling me about, she was going to um, a movie set the next day. And I said, what are you, what are you doing? She said, oh, I'm, a, I'm an extra. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what that means. And she told me about what she was doing. And it was central casting at the time. And I was a young mom in college and I had a mouth to feed. And I'm like, this will be a cool way to make a little bit of extra cash. So I did it and um, did a number of things. Boy Meets World happened to be absolutely my favorite, obviously, but I did it for two years, two, two and a half, yeah, three seasons almost. Wow. And wow. I did an episode of Friends and ER and a lot of things. But uh, yeah, at first it was just a way to make some cash. And then I thought maybe I'll get bit by the acting bug. And uh, that didn't exactly plan, pan out that way. But yeah, that's how I, I kind of stumbled upon this. So do you still work in the entertainment industry? What do you do now? No, I, I'm in human resources. Nice. <laughs> HR. HR. <laughs> Yeah, I went from um, background acting to human resources. So yeah, I'm an HR person. <laughs> For what company? For Toyota. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. I've well, that's cool. It's a great gig. Them. I'm about to celebrate 23 years with Toyota. Wow. So but pretty much my, my very last extra gig was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. And uh... I was hired by Toyota the next week. So I was like, cool. I guess I have a career. The acting thing is just not going to happen. Wow. Yeah. From Buffy the Empire, Vampire Slayer to the career you're going to do for the rest of your life. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. 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 I like that's that. When people are like, what was your last job? I was like, a vampire slayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? I'm looking at a picture you sent us of me and you and another one of our background actors. And it's great. what am I doing? What oh, on earth is this pose? It's you're the only one who didn't realize that you weren't in a chorus line at the yes, time. I... Uh, yeah. Danielle, I, I don't know, but it was adorable and I loved it. And clearly I've treasured it for 20 something years. So I'm so glad. You I, guys are in like matching denim too. Yes. Yeah. I completely so, recognize you, by the way. I totally recognize you. You yeah. do not. I swear to God, from the second Seriously? I saw the picture, I completely recognize you because you did multiple episodes. And again, we were around the same age. So right. we, we were always kind of together. You were in, it wasn't like you were in the classroom scenes as a kid. Yeah. Um, we were, it was always kind of around Eric. So I, yeah, I recognized you from the second I saw the photo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that just warms my heart. I wasn't yeah. sure if you guys would remember, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, looking at the picture, so I'm like, oh yeah, I totally remember you and, yep. and being in the hallways with you yep. at the lockers yep. and all of that stuff. Yeah. If that picture, I think they made me change my shirt though, right after they're like, yeah, you both can't wear denim. <laughs> oh, see, they're like, Danielle's wearing denim. Take it off. That's pretty much what would happen. I mean, I'd walk in with certain outfits and they'd be like, yeah, honey, that's not going to work. So. Oh, that's so funny. Now, were you in Los Angeles at the time we were you were doing the show? Yeah, yes. I lived near Pasadena, so just a quick, quick ride on the 405 every day. Yeah, yeah. I was local. Now, I'm going to ask you, but I have a feeling your favorite scene was probably when you were featured as Jacqueline with Will. But do you have any like other real specific memory of something that just really stands out from your time on Boy Meets World? I do. That is definitely my favorite. But yeah. there was a flashback to the 50s. Oh, you were in that episode, too. Yep. I was in that one. I had a poodle skirt, the ponytail, oh, the so scarf. Um, and we were at Chubby's in the scene that I was in. So that was one of my other favorites was just because I got to go through full 
like hair and makeup and wardrobe and yeah. stuff. So yeah, that was a really, that was a fun. Wearing a costume. Yeah. Totally. So they provide, <laughs> did they provide the costume for you that time? You didn't have to bring your own. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, awesome. it was cool. I was looking for it and I forgot the the title of the episode, but yeah, that was a good one. Oh what man, I can't wait called? till we get to those. I don't know. We did so many the name, of the flashbacks yeah, to different times. But the 50s yeah. one was the, was the, was that the toaster one? Isn't there like I think that was the 40s. Toaster? I think that okay. was the 40s. I don't okay. remember. We can't remember. We, we did the have. 40s. No, the 40s was the cat that took us from, the cat from Sabrina took us oh, back in time right. for the 40s episode. Oh, right. Yeah. I think it was the toaster. There's something with the, the toaster 90s. back to the 50s. That's when we're like most of the cast of Happy Days was on the episode, right? And well, I'm like Sean Zarelli or whatever. Yes. We're going to get a lot of, e- we'll get a lot of emails telling us exactly oh, yeah, how okay. it happened. We should, yeah. we should stop talking about it now. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, Melody, we thank you so much for being here with us. Us and thank you for for being a part of Boy Meets World with us all that twenty plus years ago. Uh, eight really years means ago, a lot to us. Yeah, just a few <laughs> eight years, years ago. ago. Oh, thank uh-huh. you so much for including me. This was so much fun. I was so stoked when I got it, got the email. So it's just so great to see you all again. You look so good too. to see you too. Amazing. Is there is there anywhere if uh, if people want to want to find you? Could you? Are you on social media or anything? Yeah, yeah. Melody MM one four three is great. my handle. I'm pretty sure. So. <laughs> message myself a lot so i forget yeah. so funny awesome. oh thank you for Perfect. joining us thank yeah. you melody so it was great to so see great you, to see you. Yeah. Bye-bye. bye bye man everybody is so nice i totally remember especially when i saw the picture like yep. at first i was kind of and then i completely remember because again we had the the extras were kind of I, I, extras i don't like that connotation the background actors were were car, like compartmentalized so it's you all had your kind of classroom yeah. extras I said it again, which uh, I was never really a part of. So, you know, like I got yeah. to meet Dusty and everybody else. But then as we grew up and Eric was more involved with other people around as opposed to just being in the school, there was a group of background actors where I was with a lot. And Justin and Melody, those yeah. are all the kind of the same people that were around there, which is really neat. So I yeah. sort of buried this lead, but it actually didn't occur to me until we were already recording this episode. Um, but my one of my best friends, um, one of my closest friends, he's coming over to my house for dinner tonight. He was, was in my wedding. I was wondering when you were going to bring this up. He was in my wedding party, actually. He was one of my groomsmen at my wedding. Uh, his name is Chris Levitus, and he's a director, a film, uh, writer-director. And I met him because I was I acted in a movie that he directed uh, in my 20s, and that's how we became friends. But he was an extra on Boy Meets World. No uh, way. One of yeah. his first jobs as a kid. And it was when he was underage, I think, um, because he was a kid actor. So he, I remember seeing his headshot. But I, you know, I talked to him about it because I remember when we first talked about doing this episode, I was like, oh, well, you should come on. He actually doesn't have many memories. I think he only did one or two episodes. But it was one of the first things he said to me when we started working together. He's like, you know... Uh, we I was actually on your show back in there. So I, I've always been curious if I can see him in an episode. So as we do our, our I, I, it would probably be the second or third season. So I have to keep an eye out for him somewhere huh. in the background of one of our episodes. Another one of our background actors was Cal Penn. Really? No. Yes. Really? Yes. In what? He was in like a sports scene. Well, let's get him on our show. Let's yeah, get him to talk know. about it. <laughs> um, do you think so the fun. chances? So, so we're watching a lot of Alone right now. Do you think the chances are that Dusty maybe lives a life off the grid, which is why is it Alaska he knows nothing about the podcast? Communing with the bears. Yeah, I don't like know. maybe we just Dusty has no idea because he's like skinning something right now, or you know. <laughs> Making a fire ah. with sticks or peat or something like that. I don't know. Like I'm still, I'm still determined. I'm still We're holding determined. Holding out hope. Hashtag We're holding out hope for Dusty. For Dusty. So, 
Well, this was really a, a great way to wrap up our 23andMe episode. Thank you so much to 23andMe for helping us get to know our backgrounds, both mm-hmm. personally and from, from Boy Meets World. It was really yeah. I'm a, a really smart way of bringing this all together. And like I said, I am really excited now that I have a couple of wellness and health Uh, you know, some information about myself that now I can take to my doctor and can hopefully change the decisions I make for my future, knowing a few things. And so I encourage you to take the 23andMe test as well and get to know your background and get to know a little bit more about your health and how you can help take care of yourself to prevent issues from coming up in the future. I also always figured I was a superhero, but to actually be told by 23andMe that I am... Right. It really changed the whole ballgame for me. It yeah. really did. It's it's uh, it's pretty great to get that confirmation finally. So, well, you uh, can get your superhero confirmation at yes. 23andMe.com. Thank you for joining us for Pod Meets World. I am. I don't know why I was doing our exit. Like I was going to say our, my name again. Like, thank you for joining us. <laughs> I'm Danielle Fisher. You, you just <laughs> listened you to a whole episode with me. Like, you don't You've been need doing to do great, that. Shannon. We know who you are. <laughs> You can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show, and you can also send us an email at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. And as always, we have merch. Merch. Oh, that was time. so subtle you and like that? calm. I you love like that? it. Yeah. Merch, baby! Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Podmeetsworldshow.com. Thank you guys for being with us. We will see you next time. Will? We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. And you can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. And that's it on another dope show. Did this episode inspire you to take a closer look at your health history, your genetic makeup? Who knew DNA could reveal so much about our past while also holding the keys to certain health insights that may impact our future? I continue to be inspired by these stories, and I hope you do as well. Catch you next time. Listen to Spit, an original podcast from iHeartRadio and 23andMe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.